With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. The boys are back, and we are bringing you an episode live from the Miller Lite Club. <laughs> right here in AT&T Stadium at Big 12 Media Day. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our sponsor, SeatGeek. Use promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. And MyBookie. Use promo code BOYS for the 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grant, welcome. How are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Um, I got a late start. I probably drank too much last night and may have had a dabbled a little bit incorrectly with a culinary choice that may have contributed but probably just hung over today yeah well it was uh it was it was an interesting day um you missed uh the commissioner you missed a couple of the uh coaches uh but before we dive into actual media day um both of us you know big j journalists we got to vote in the big 12 preseason polls so why don't you run through real quickly where you ranked all the players and or not the players the teams and then uh just let us know who had your big 12 preseason uh, offense player of the year defense player of the year and newcomer of the year all right let me just pull it up from our conversation so teams wise one to ten i had oklahoma texas iowa state kind of looking at that cringing a little bit i might i I can't change it now (laughs) because it's out there uh four baylor five tcu six oklahoma state seven K-State, 8 West Virginia, 9 Texas Tech, and 10 KU. Um, I, <clears throat> let's see, Offensive Player of the Year, I have Sam Ellinger of Texas. Defensive Player of the Year, I have Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma. And then the Newcomer of the Year, which is like got to be the most obvious choice ever, Jalen Hurts, new quarterback at Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, I, as we went through this, um, first also to say anyone who you put in from K-State as well. Oh, okay. Let me pull this sucker back up. So, I had a few in there, and we had some. We, we had we some fun with it. Yeah, I mean, why not? So, cats in here. I had Reggie Walker. Uh, let's see. That's it, <laughs> defensively. And then offensively, 
I mean, Jack Stanine, that's where we both had, had a little bit of fun at the running back or the fullback position because, honestly, we didn't really know who else to pick. Um, Scott France on the offensive line, and then I have Blake Lynch um, for place kicker. Yep, so we both had the exact same offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and newcomer of the year, so I'm not going to repeat that. My 1 through 10, I went with Oklahoma, Texas. I'm going with Baylor. I'm a big believer in Matt Rule, and I want to see what they can do now that they're finally getting to the point where they can field a full scholarship team. I think that they're going to be salty. And, of course, you know, I'm not going to give Iowa State any extra love. You guys know me. I appreciate that. Uh, TCU at my number four, we heard Gary Patterson today. That was the last guy I think you missed before you got in here. Uh, Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy still rocking that uh, mullet, and I thought he was looking super sharp out there today. And then uh, that's what, and then I get to Iowa State, Matt Campbell, uh, number seven, West Virginia. At this point, you know, it's almost a toss-up for me between seven, eight, nine. And then I do have K-State at eight, Tech at nine, but I'll tell you, Matt Wells really impressed me today when he was talking. And again, they're a press conference. How much can you really take from that? I'm not really sure, but I, I really liked listening to him talk. And then uh, I have KU in the cellar. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I think that kind of speaks for itself. Maybe we'll get someone in here later to talk about Les Miles. Maybe I'll just talk about what I heard. Um, and you can tell me what the Twitter reaction from that was. Um, when, when we go to K-State guys that I had in my first team preseason ballot, I had Reggie Walker as well. But I also went with Wyatt Hubert. So let's talk about just the dynamic of those two real quick. Um, our friends at K-Man, I believe, Matt Hall as well, a lot of them were talking about how if there was going to be just one guy, they're surprised that it was Reggie Walker because, spoiler alert, he was the only one who made first team all Big 12. Right. Tied with West Virginia for least amount of representation on this team. Um, you put Reggie Walker in there. You didn't put White Hubert. Why was it that you went with Reggie? And uh, what do you think Wyatt's chances are to get there by the end of the year? I mean, Wyatt's got – if Wyatt continues his – trajectory and the same type of if he has the same type of season as he did last season then he can absolutely make a case for himself to get onto that you know all big 12 team but Reggie's just got that senior year experience and he's I think he's really talented I mean he's shown that in his career he had like a sophomore dip but he's always been a threat on the edge and I just believe in Reggie I think he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder um coming into his senior year um being picked what are we picked ninth in the Big 12? And I don't know. I just like Reggie. I think he's talented. Yep, we are uh, picked ninth. I believe it went, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I should have uh, had it printed off. But it was Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, and then I think TCU. I can pull it up if you want to yeah, filibuster just pull for a it, Yeah, bit. but no, I'll tell you guys uh, something as I'm filibustering here. Uh, AT&T Stadium is an amazing venue for this. When I first heard that it was announced it was going to be in here, I wasn't very sure about its uh, massive venue, but it's a spectacle. I am so happy to be here. It's really neat. This is the first time I've been here, and it's absurd. I mean, we're just hanging out in this little like Miller Lite media lounge, and it's pretty much just us down here. There's a couple other groups down here like talking and recording, but... It's pretty cool. I, I bet this place gets pretty, 
pretty fun and on game days. But I pulled up the preseason poll, so it's OU, Texas, Iowa State, TCU. Fifth is Oklahoma State. Uh, six is Baylor. Seven, Tech. Eight, West Virginia. Nine, K-State. Ten, KU. So, yeah, that seven, eight, nine spot is, like, kind of fluid with yeah, a lot of people. And it, and it really can go anywhere. I think it ultimately for that, you know, seven through nine, it's going to come down to who's able to stay healthy and who might be able to – catch one of those upper echelon teams when they're not feeling healthy um so it's uh it's it's going to be exciting it's so fun to have the kickoff to the season so um the kickoff to the media today so day today so it was day one of media day um bob bowlsby kicked off everything and he made a couple comments that stood out to me and you might have seen it on Twitter. If not, uh, these aren't exact quotes. These are just the gist of things. So one of the things he seemed to really want to hammer home is the path to the college football playoff for the Big 12. On a handful of occasions, he mentioned that they're the only conference that you're guaranteeing one versus two in the championship game. The only conference that is doing round robin. And he really wanted to pound that home and this really is his address you know he there isn't going to be another major press conference for him so this was him publicly you know announcing to the country the big 12 has a tough path and when we have a champion it deserves to be in the playoff i think that's completely logical like when you think about it i mean and that's really smart. Guaranteeing one versus two in, in the championship game is not always the case, you know, in other conferences. But that round robin just makes it so much tougher. And then on top of that, you know, we, we added that championship game after basically TCU got shafted in 2014. I mean, if we have a team that is even a one-loss team and they come out and they win the championship after, you know, playing nine other conference foes, there plus is the Power Five non-conference plus game. A, a, yeah, Power Five non-conference game that you have to play. I mean, there is almost no real valid argument against keeping that team out. So, I mean, it also helps. It may help if that team has a big name, but even if it's like you know, a K State, if we if we go what twelve and one and we lose uh, even late in the year, any team, I don't know, we drop a game. You can't make an argument really with that setup that they we wouldn't deserve to be in. I mean, yeah, I, it's tough. It, I mean, you could. I mean, obviously, it's it's uh, we would have to see what the other landscape looks like. But yeah, I mean, the, I feel like the conference is set up in a great, strong spot right now. Yeah, and someone did make a comment about realignment. It was the very first question taken and uh bob bowlsby made a joke he said thank you for making sure that for seven straight years that's the first question asked he dismissed any sort of idea he then used that as a platform to talk about how much revenue they're bringing in uh the fact that the big 12 pays out 97 percent of tv and bowl revenues to member institutions that's higher than any other conference so uh he made sure to do a couple touchdown dances when asked about those questions yeah i think I, again, I just feel like the conference realignment climate that always likes to roll around and everyone likes to point fingers at the Big 12 for being, like, an unstable, weak conference. I, I mean, I, at this point anymore, how can you really say that? These teams that are in should feel, like, very fortunate. They're making more money. Um, they play a guaranteed, like, pretty much tough schedule. 
they have a good path to the college football playoff. I mean, I, don't, I, I can't disagree with Bullsby. Yep. Uh, the other time, he, he made sure, he goes, I want everyone to take time to report this out, write it out, type it out, etc. He made <laughs> sure to let everyone know that of the seven bowl games the Big 12 played last year, they held their opponent all six of the seven under their season average in scoring and really tried to hit home that narrative that, hey, guess what? The Big 12 plays defense too. This is really funny because, I mean, I obviously missed a few of those press conferences, but in both of the, you know, the Matt Wells and the Lincoln Riley, I think that there was like at least two or three questions regarding, you know, defense for both of those coaches. It's just like that narrative of this conference doesn't play defense, especially, you know, Tech and Oklahoma coming off of, poor defensive years but it's just like that's everybody wants to ask about defense and, and it's all relative like yes uh some of it has to do with how great the offenses are in the big 12 yes some of it might be some of the defenses aren't uh up to snuff but at the end of the day who cares like if you're winning games i i, I i'm just starting to get tired of this narrative trying to uh, degrade the Big 12 yeah. for this because let's get real. Anyone's defense will look good if you get to play a bunch of, you know, rummies in their conference. For better or worse, you only have one automatic win in the Big 12. And when it comes to KU, their offense has been getting better and better every year, or at least it did under Beatty. Who knows what's going to happen under Lust? So I, I think that is just kind of a tired narrative that uh, I would welcome to see the Big 12 defenses step up and kind of shut that down this year. I agree. I'm, I think locally we're going to see an improvement in our defense as well, which I'm excited to see. It's just, I just think this is great. This is just an exciting time. Sitting here at Media Days, it's, it's kind of bizarre, but here we are. Yes, yeah, so here we are. Um, so let's get into what ended up being the biggest story, at least, uh, from my Twitter timeline, even talking to all the different reporters and media heads in between the different interviews, and that is the press conference Les Miles gave. Um, I, I I don't know if you have been able to actually hear any of the audio from that yet. I don't know how much of that you were able to follow, but he opened it up with some just bizarre statements. First, he kind of rambles a bit about, you know, how a little bit about his time with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And then he made a comment about how proud he is of the Dallas Cowboys for being a part of the Dallas community. And then goes straight, like no pause, goes straight into, I know everyone has questions. And he addressed the Puka Williams situation. Just unprompted. Where, yeah, unprompted and just says, uh, there will be no violence against women. We won't stand for it, all that type of stuff. And then he goes, it wasn't my decision to suspend him for one game. It was the university's by standby, and it was the correct decision. But he stumbled through all of that. It was so awkward. And then he continued on a very long opening statement, and he was reading from a notebook, which is something I have never seen. And granted, I don't come to media days often, but I do watch quite a few press conferences and he was using his finger almost like he was a second grader learning to read and he lost his spot three or four different times creating pauses of anywhere between five to 15 seconds and it was just it was awkward I I you know I, 
Is I, this just like, is that just who Les Miles is? Because I, I, mean, I saw someone bring that up and I found a press conference from eight years ago at SEC Media Days while he was still at LSU. And he was eccentric then, but it was not like this. Noticeably I, sharper. Yes. And I, I'm not trying to call into whether or not, like, I, I'm not trying to accuse him of not being mentally ill. That, that's not what I'm trying to do. But something is off. Either he just wasn't prepared or something is off because he stumbled through players' names. He was trying to find players' names in his notebook. It just – I don't know. I, 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 If I were a KU fan or, say, an assistant coach who's sitting back in Lawrence watching that press conference, I'd be drastically worried not only about the man who's supposed to be leading this football program but the public perception. Right. If I was trying to recruit against KU – I would literally just show recruits that clip of Les Miles. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be concerning, especially, you know, you've got Les acting that way in a public eye with, like, just weird behavior patterns. But, you know, after, what, three or four years, he sticks around, and if there's no real improvement, how are you going to hold on? You know, what is the culture going to be like inside the locker room when you've got your head coach, like, acting that way? If wins aren't coming, if, like, improvement is not noticeably happening, happening, how are you going to hold on to, like, the staff? I mean, we know he's a good recruiter because, you know, mainly because of just probably his name and his track record yeah, and his he, history. He was wearing his LSU championship ring, and that's how he still recruits. But like, I, I, I've been told, like, they, before, like, he talks to the recruits, they're like, you know, Les is just kind of weird, like, that's how he is. But it's like, is he? I mean, I, mean, I know I, he's goofy and, like, weird. I mean, but I've never seen him like that when he was at LSU. Well, and another weird comment that just stuck out from him is, uh, I'm not sure who asked the question, but someone asked the question of, what was it like on Saturday afternoons when you weren't coaching? And he said, me and my, one of my daughters, we would have games set up on TVs throughout the house and they would run from room to room and watch it and try to figure out the situations. And And again, it was just like this really weird, quirky type thing. It's like, come on, man, do you not have a remote? Like, (laughs) I I just, uh, I don't know. It it, it was just, it was just weird. It was uneasy watching that press conference. I don't know. I mean, if I was was a KU guy, I would not have much confidence going forward. I I really wouldn't. I just don't. I just don't see how he can command respect and uh, inspire folks. It's I'm just having a tough time after watching that. And, so you know, we could be completely wrong, and he could totally work out at KU. But it, I mean, going forward, it just seems like what a disaster that could be. Yeah, I, I I've gone back. And he's and got f- what the toughest rebuild in the country. Yeah, has I, he built a squad like that before? I don't know. Someone tried to compare it to when he took over Oklahoma State, and he said, uh, you know, I I, I can't draw comparisons, but KU had more talent than what their wins say. But, I mean, what is he going to say? He himself said that. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. he's saying that they have more talent than what their wins said. That was his quote. But what do you want him to say? Like, he's not going to say, oh, I don't have talent. Yeah, this is the worst program in the country, and I've got a hell of a job ahead of me. Yeah, he's not No one's going to say that. So it was was, – Interesting to say the least. Um, we'll move on uh, from there. Uh, Gary Patterson was there. He was asked about Alex Delton, and uh, the story he told on that was 
Alex Delton sought out them, uh, not the other way around. That was a little surprising. Um, I don't know. I don't know the I, process of that because for a yeah. while it was like Alex Delton was going to go to UTEP. Yeah, so, I, he, uh, I thought he had committed basically to UTEP publicly. Yeah, he on he, Twitter he yes. said I'm going to UTEP, and then it was like, all of a sudden, story. all of a sudden he's he's going to TCU. I mean, maybe he, I he said they said something about how it was a style of play thing, which I guess I mean, are we really that similar to TCU? I don't know, but I mean, maybe he just really likes purple. Yeah, I mean, hey, I I don't care. I it doesn't bother me I mean, one it's a way or another. It was <laughs> yes, it, it was fine. It was, I just thought it was interesting the way he presented it. Uh, he also made sure to talk about how every single one of the quarterbacks are going to be healthy going into camp. That will be an interesting, uh, you know, quarterback battle to watch going forward. Um, the next one it was Mike Gundy, who uh, still rocking the mullet. Got a question about the mullet. Um, had a really nice suit, but he it, got a question about the mullet. Yeah, he did get a that question about the mullet. That should give us confidence. Yeah, we, we should have been able to ask some goofier questions. We'll be on our game tomorrow, maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> maybe yeah, next probably year. Probably not. Um, but it was the last question too. But the thing that kind of threw me off about Gundy, he was wearing a burnt orange tie. I would think that if you're the uh, you know second most popular orange school, you would make sure that your tie matched up with your shade. Um, is he not? He's an Okie State alum. Is yeah, he not? I mean, yeah, no, I, he should know better. Yeah, it was it was, it was bad. Um, I will note, Les had a uh, black suit, baby blue tie, but then a like navy slash royal blue pocket square. He needs help dressing. Oh, if for sure. That's the first thing I noticed about po- Les Miles. Pocket is- square needs to match the tie or be uh, like tra- like it has to contrast way more than that. Could not agree more. Um, Gary Patterson went khakis with a interesting blue uh, jacket with a purple paisley tie. I really liked that tie because um, I'm also just gonna make sure we comment on what all these coaches wore. Um, the probably yeah, nice tie. I like but, it. Uh, the the moment that got the most laughs in day one, uh, they made sure that. Uh, Mike Gundy made sure to talk about how Oklahoma uh, had gotten past subpar quarterback play to win all those Big 12 titles, which was just a great joke because obviously, you know, number one picks Heisman Trophy. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it, he had a lot of fun um, after that. And I think this is when you got in. Matt Wells was next. I saw all of Matt Wells and all of Lincoln. And yeah, I so was pretty impressed with Matt Wells, to be honest. He carried himself well. Um, really was hammering home that change of identity for Texas Tech. Um, and I'm... He knew a lot about the conference, too. Yes. He fit right in. He did I mean, his homework. He did his homework. Uh, he was wearing a gray suit, I think, with a red tie. Oh, man, I Charcoal. can't remember. Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, also really made sure to talk about how he hit the grad transfer market very hard because... He got in with like two weeks before uh, signing day, which is about the exact same time uh, Chris Kleiman got in. Uh, so he he went a different route. Kleiman ended up, you know, filling out that roster with some high school guys. Wells went hard on those grad transfers. And my question to you is, would you have preferred to go that route? Because yes, it might give you a chance to win more in day one, but then you're you know having to rebuild instantly on your second year on yeah. the job. So that might come back and bite him. I think that puts a lot of pressure on year two. Um, 
Well, it push, puts pressure on year one because right. you're like, if it if doesn't you don't, work yeah. out, then you've proven that that's not a good route to go. And then you have that quick turnaround where you have to rebuild again. So, I mean, I like the way that Kleiman did it. And um, he proved to us that, you know, he can, in a, even in that short period of time, he can build those relationships, fill out those high school guys. And I, I mean, no. <laughs> I like the way we did it, I guess. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the but, I mean, we really didn't have much of a choice. Yes. It just that, kind of, we just did what we had to do in that short period of time. Yep, that's very true. Um, the final coach, it was uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, he was the best dressed of the day. I think uh, he is probably taking the mantle from Cliff Kingsbury as the most attractive coach in the Big 12. Easily. Um, he didn't make a lot of noise, um, but he was quite contentious about the fact that uh, his quarterback transfer, Kendall out, uh, grad transfer, keep in mind, grad transfer, getting immediate eligibility from within the conference. So he is still very salty and sour about that. He's super, he was, yeah. That was the most contentious I've seen, I saw anyone at the podium today. Um, So I, I just, you know, that kind of turned me off a little bit. Like I could understand what he was saying, but grad transfers, have for a very long time had no restrictions and been able to play from day one. So I thought that was a very bad look for him right at the end of his press conference. Yeah, and he was talking about how, like, it it makes the conference. We need to protect the conference and not allow that stuff to happen. It's like, give me a break, man. That's never been a problem. Like, that's literally never been an issue. No, I... He's just salty, I think. Yeah, he is salty. Um, So... That those were all the press conferences. Uh, breakout sessions are going right now. Uh, we're not participating in those. We will try to grab some stuff from some K State guys in breakout sessions tomorrow. We might be able to grab a couple exclusive interviews tomorrow during our media day special. So that one will be a much longer episode. Uh, so we're gonna wrap this up. I just have a couple questions for you. Uh, first one. We've seen a lot of media folks around, some national media folks. Who is someone you've seen, like, kind of from afar that you've been, like, a little bit starstruck? Like, oh, my God, so-and-so's right there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Holly Rowe many, many times in person, so I feel like, I mean, at games. So I'm not as starstruck as her. I think Joel Klatt caught me off guard because I was one of the first people I saw. Walked in, and I was just standing right next to Joel Klatt. So probably him. I, otherwise, seeing a bunch of, like, of – like local media people that I like follow on Twitter now is kind of weird and it was maybe in- we've had guys like guys that we've had like on our podcast and it's kind of funny like one of the Texas guys I think they have the same name oh wait no Ian no. Boyd I saw Ian yeah. Boyd and he looked but- a lot different than what I thought he was gonna look like and that doesn't really mean it. I'm, I don't really have a point there but it was just like Ian Boyd but he's the guy oh my gosh so I thought that like, I thought that was uh, the Texas guy we had on, Will. No, <laughs> just, it was and, not and Will. And I just realized now that it definitely, because I knew the You're name like Ian totally Boyd. Totally different Completely people. different. And, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but whatever. Yeah, it, it was it's a lot been of, fun. Yeah, what about it, you? Uh, probably the same. I, I'm never not going to be excited when I see Holly Rowe. Holly Rowe's great. I said hi to her. She said hi back. It was uh it was a great moment. Um, we had a like five minute conversation with Stan. with Stan Weber about like pants and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun as well. So, uh, so that's the first question. The second one: What is the most surprising thing about the setup? Was there anything that went because you came down? 
uh, it was already going. Was there anything that when you rolled down here, you're like, oh, I did not expect it like that? Man, just like the, I think just the scale, how big it is. Like, uh, I, I didn't envision, for some reason I had in my head the press conferences being in like a smaller room. I don't know why, but it's like just tons of tables lined up. There's like a radio row with people uh, with a bunch of radio tables going on lined up, like doing their radio shows. And then just like, just out in the middle of Jerry World, um, a bunch of journalists lined up and taking their notes and doing all that stuff. And then the podium's under the under the gigantic screen. So, I mean, just the massive scale of this place and how many people are here kind of caught me off guard. Um, but it's kind of like, it's a lot more laid back. I think that caught me, that, that surprised me a bit. Like, I might just literally wear a t-shirt tomorrow. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was going to be a little more... Uh... You know, there's people bit. in their suits, but it's just like you're, everyone's just out on the field, you know, walking around, and you can you can pretty much do whatever you want out there. And then there's just random like mascots walking around. It's just it's a strange. It's strange. I know. But it's fun. I, I I was a little surprised there wasn't a little more security around all those trophies. Oh you know, yeah. The Sugar Bowl trophies just like kind of chilling there. The National Championship trophies on site. Um, it has a do not touch sign. I'm probably not going to touch it, but I can't promise anything. Uh, it's really shiny. Yep. So last thing before we uh, shut this abbreviated version of Bosco's Boys Media Day 1 podcast, what are you most looking forward to tomorrow? I'm looking forward to hearing Chris Kleiman speak. Um, and I'm looking forward to see to seeing, you know, what kind of questions he's going to get. Um, I just think I'm really impressed with Kleiman. And I'm excited to see him kind of on this big stage and see how he handles it. Um, who else is tomorrow? Uh, maybe I want to see if the love affair for Matt Campbell is was, yeah. like as widespread as we perceive it to be, because yeah. you can tell by some of the questions and the way people ask questions, who are the favorites and who aren't. So uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. So it'll um, be fun. And uh, next time we record, we're going to have like our mixer and our mics. We're kind of just talking into the computer right now. So if the quality is not great. We're sorry, but it's, yeah, it's I was, listenable. I was going to touch on that. It, it is probably going to be one of the more questionable uh, quality ones we've had in a while. Uh, that was a mistake call on my part. Uh, but we will have the full mixer set up tomorrow. Um, be on the lookout. I have no, how, no idea how long that one might be. We might be getting some of our media friends on there. Like I said, I'm working on a couple possible guests. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we love you guys, and uh, I would say, you know, T.O. style, meet me at the middle of the field at the star, but you might say That'll something work. different. I like that. Okay. Meet me at the corner yeah. of the end zone uh, with the star helmet. Or at the middle. Or I mean, the middle. T- but then he got drilled when who he would did you, that. Who would you, if you had to meet some one of the media members here at the Cathead, who oh, would you fight? Oh, to rumble with? Yeah. I'm not going to say that, but, but I will say this. Super Frog scares me. Oh, my gosh. he's that's the, People uh, think Willie are like, is like a freak, which he kind of is, but he's, Super Frog's really, really weird in person. Yep, it definitely is. All right, well, uh, be sure to keep your ears tuned to this space to hear day two tomorrow. Love you guys. Bye. That'll work. That'll work. My fire, the one desire, believe when I say I want it.
Network.